<laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to Talking Down Podcast. This is your girl, Gabby. And we are back with another episode. Don't forget, y'all, the pad drive is still going on till May 25th. You can donate paypal.me slash talk it out, cash out, dollar sign, talk it out podcast. All proceeds go to buying pads and tampons for homeless people in Memphis and people in low income housing. So go and support that. Oh, don't forget to hit us up on social media Facebook at Talk It Out Podcast, Instagram at Talk It Out Podcast, and Twitter at Talk It Out underscore pod. We have some special guests today. Talk, I ain't even introduced them yet. Talking Greasy is here, everybody. Clap it up, clap it up for Talking Greasy. And I'm going to give you guys a chance to um, introduce yourself and uh, tell everybody tell everybody where they can find you and listen to your podcast, please. Okay. Uh, my name is Kim. I'm one half of Talking Greasy. You can find us at um, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spreaker, TuneIn, and Apple Podcasts. Yes, Darnell. Anyway, <laughs> it's your boy Darnell. Uh, one half of Talking Greasy, and you can, uh, if you need uh, freelance writing or graphics, highlight. Wow, my homegirl Kim, and uh, hit me up on Darnell. Does it everything? I didn't ask him to do that. Thank you. Darnell does it. Yeah, Darnell. <laughs> <laughs> we know his. We know his. Uh, his handle because he always hitting us up on Instagram. So thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for the love, Darnell. Thank you for the love. Right, 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 right. So um, let's go ahead and get started about the conversation. Go ahead, guys. Okay. Let's set this up, everybody. Okay. Um, so, talking about podcasts, talking greasy. Um, we did a podcast episode, Why Straight Women Are Ruining Feminism. Okay. And I addressed a topic that came up on Talking Greasy about um, black feminists being um, agents of white supremacy. Um, and so we talked about it. And then Talking Greasy made an episode discussing our response to their episode. And so uh, I'll put the link in the description so you can listen to that. And so I just thought, well, we're, we were already scheduled to come together. So why not talk about what we've been talking about on our own podcast? So we're all here to discuss black feminism and to discuss our our differences in opinions in our different episodes and just have a good time and talk it out and talk greasy. We talking the grease out. Like, I feel like you guys should should maybe go first. Like, what 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 was it with the episode that you know, um, that you guys felt like maybe you had been disrespected or something like that. Because I know Gabby was called out like at least four times, so I'm just six. <laughs> six. <laughs> <Matthew> counted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just want to call Gabby out all the time, so I counted. <laughs> okay, well that was me. Okay. Um, uh the reason why I I felt Maybe disrespect is not the word, but um, I felt kind of disappointed and upset because I felt like what we said was misconstrued. Okay. Um, so when you were talking about the conversation that we had, you said that Darnell stated that black feminists are secret agents of white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And just adding secret 
makes the meaning completely different. Because out of context, that sounds completely wackadoo. Like, who the fuck thinks something like that? That's some, that's some shit. Some hoteps make faceless videos about on YouTube. Right. And <laughs> share it on Facebook. Like, that's not what we meant. Okay, okay. So, I feel like maybe Darnell should say exactly what he meant, but I think I understand. I understood his sentiment. Okay. What exactly did you mean by that? Okay, well, let's uh, start from the top. Uh, <laughs> we were, I love it. Uh, we were uh, t- having a discussion about uh, the, uh, the brother Clark who uh, lost his life due to being uh, killed by the police unjustly. Then, uh, uh, while trying to sort through all these feelings and what we're going to do, how the family's going to make it, we this conversation about an old tweet of which is a misogynistic tweet, which can't be, de, uh, be debated. Uh, it kind of took away from what's what's really going on. His family, losing his, his his brother uh, in the in the courthouse acting like he lost his damn mind, and it, and it kind of dissipated the energy of a solution. And that's what what happens whenever black people are trying to have serious conversations. Hence, why I said. These were some white supremacist talking points. And that sometimes, but not all, some black feminists uh, regurgitate some of those talking points. Hence why I said, said what I said. And I didn't say secret agents. I said it sounds like they're uh, a possible agent of white supremacy because hence they're saying some of the same talking points from two different sides of the field. Okay, what what exactly are those talking points? Okay, so here's how I how I took that. When you hear when you hear white people who are not or black people, let's just put it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, when they have conversations about black people who are killed senselessly or, or killed and they're unarmed by the hands of police. A lot of times they have conversations about, well, this is what he did back in 2005. This is what he did back in 2009. This is the reason why I don't give a fuck about him dying. Okay. And so to me, that is that is a white supremacist statement. So to hear black women, I'm not saying that they don't have a, I'm not saying they have no reason to be upset about his tweets, but to hear black women say some of the same things or say things that sound similar to those same the same rhetoric that you might hear from a white person, I think that's the reason why he said that. Because I said in the episode, if you didn't see an Abby, you didn't see a, a Twitter handle, you didn't know who said that. Would you know the difference between this being a black person and a white person based on some of those tweets? And and also, uh, uh, like Kim said, it's just very discouraging to hear this from your own side of the camp. Now, if we are reprimanding other black people like me right now, if I say something misogynistic on this show, what? every lady on this show has the right to uh, reprimand me. But at the same token, if I'm die, if I die, you go back to a tweet years ago, and I'm not even the same person no more. Then I kind of have a problem with it. So you're saying just the fact that they brought something up and you saw tweets by certain black women that said something like, uh, you said they said like something about taking out the trash. 
or something yeah. like that. Okay, so you're saying those particular people are the ones that you think are kind of sounding like white supremacy. But are you saying any any black woman that shared that misogynist tweet that he that he put out and it was critical of what he said, are they too um like getting played by the white supremacy game? Well, personally, first, before I answer that, we need to understand what white supremacy is. Um, if you go to a white supremacy website, you you will learn that they are encouraged to make dummy accounts of black women and other people or just uh, uh, cartoons or other images. So that way, when they uh, spew out some of this rhetoric, it, it doesn't look like it's coming from a white person or a white supremacist. It's just... Uh, a concerned sister and a woman, a black woman who does share all that. I, I'm not calling you out, but I do look at you different because again, again, I I see both sides of the fence. But at the end of the day, the brother's dead. That's the most important thing in my point of view. Now to you, and I heard some people say, "Hey, I wouldn't wear him on a t-shirt." That's fine, but we still need to fight for justice, and that's the overall thing. And I'm going to leave it there. So I cannot say he deserves justice. And then with the black folks say, dang, it was messed up that that dude hated black women. How many black folks over here are still hating on black women and want nothing to do with them? I can't say that. You can't say that because it invalidates he was shot. So I can't have okay. I can't have an open dialogue with black folks about about uh, misogynoir because yeah you can you know you're listening. specifically talking. Whoa. Okay, I have a different opinion, Gabby. Okay. I feel like if you're if you're in a space where it is black people only, there is there is room for that that sort of um, nuance because we understand our experience. Hello. So if if you're gonna have that sort of conversation about okay yeah it's fucked up that he died but also this is this is also an issue I totally get that but when it's in a space where it's mixed company and anybody has anybody is able to access what you're saying who knows whose hands that gets into so that's why I feel like that's a slippery slope and then and then also I mean. Again, I'm I'm a I'm a kind of side with Kim. I think you, you can have both, but like but like uh, Kim said is, I mean, if it's on the internet, everybody can jump in. If and now if we had a cookout and we having a strong disagreement, cool. But if it's on a platform that's gonna uh, keep your words and thoughts forever, and and uh, the whole world can see it, and all somebody from Fox or another. Platform that doesn't like us can pick it up. I mean, that's where the problem lies. Okay, so there's certain stuff we can't talk about on the internet. Yeah, I, I, mean, agree, people, I don't agree with that. Okay, it it just the fact is that if you tell somebody something bad about a person who they're already looking to vilify. <clears throat> then they don't have any reason not to say, hey, well, he doesn't deserve this or he deserved to get shot. I mean, he was hateful towards his own kind. Yeah, he yeah, he had a gun in his hand. That wasn't a phone or whatever the case may be. But look, there, if somebody is looking for a reason and you just so give it to them because you're caught up in the moment of what he said, 
yeah, it's important, but it's not as important as the overall picture. Okay. Okay. But my, my only thing was, I honestly don't see no white supremacist being like, well, he didn't like black women, then he deserved to die. Like, they don't even care about that stuff. Like, I don't see why there would be fuel to any Fox News correspondent's fire. That wasn't even a story. They didn't say, well, look at this guy's massage. They don't care about that stuff. Well, if you uh, learn anything about propaganda, I mean, all you have to do is tell the same lie over and over again. And if you got people from the group you're trying to vilify uh, handing you information, tweets and stories uh, like this all over the Internet, how hard would it be to add to that propaganda? And make and making uh, demonizing these people even easier. And you know they love to point out how black people wait, black people kill black people. That black on quote quote black on black crime. They love to use that. So if they're gonna say black on black crime, which makes you think they can't say black on black hate hate words or whatever it is hate speech. Really and truly, they they would rather us stay as far away from them as possible. Yeah. So they they fuel their rhetoric with shit like, oh, well, they kill each other, so they're not worth it. Well, they talk about each other, so they ain't worth it. They hate their own women, so black men ain't worth it. Um, y'all, I, I just I don't see it. I'm sorry. Uh, I was going to say, um, I can see, like. As far as the issue goes, I can't really talk on it, but I can understand where you guys are coming, and I kind of want to explain it to Gabby, because I don't think she understands, like, what you're saying. Um, so you gotta white explain it for No, me. yeah, kind of. <laughs> let, let me explain it to you. Um, so what they're saying is that you, there's no, like... Number one, like with a white person around or with company around that is not a black person, you shouldn't be speaking on these issues like on a social platform or on um, SoundCloud where we have, you know, a strong following where a majority of our followers are not only, you know, uh, white people, but white women. Um, so like for you to talk about that, it may... It may seem as if it's like some kind of like a passage for white people to talk about it as well and then vilify him because he didn't care about black women. Is yeah. that does that is that kind of what you're saying? Am I am I right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. No, that's it. No, that's exactly what I was saying. Okay. Well, okay. So, if they if they've died, we can't talk about it, but if they're alive, can we talk about it? Yes, in private. Yeah. Yes. It still got to be in yes. private. It's still I mean, a problem. I mean, I mean, what you need the publicity for? Okay, I disagree with that. The reason why I disagree with that is because a lot of the disrespect of black women happens out in the open. So I feel like if that's going to be out in the open, I can respond out in the open. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I understand. I understand what you guys are saying. So let's go more into the the black feminists being. Um, influenced by these white feminists that don't always have black feminist interests at heart. Darnell, can you speak a little bit on your theory of that? Well, I mean, well, I mean, when it uh, comes to white, I mean, would, would we really need a black feminist if white feminists took care of everybody? What do you mean by that? Like, 
like I feel like white feminism and black feminism got started because it's two different groups, two different stories, two different missions, and and you know I, I'm gonna speak lightly on uh, black feminism because you know I've been doing my research, uh, been uh, talking to a few other black feminists, to, but you know I'm gonna uh, tread lightly on that one. You ain't got to. Let's talk it out, podcast. This is talking out. You can go ahead and just want. lay it all out. We'll, we'll no, because I, I kind of want to know. I kind of want to know more about that too. Because yeah. I skeptical. I kind of didn't understand that. So, okay, so you said that there wouldn't be a need for black feminists if white feminists took care of everybody. But does that? So does that mean that white people are the only ones who can take care of our issues? Is that what you're saying? No. Okay, I will explain it, please. Well, I wouldn't. Uh, all I was saying was I feel like um, they both started for different reasons and and you know different missions and different people in mind. And I just never, from my uh, point of view. Just never seen white feminists really, I guess, care about the black feminist uh, numbers like that, unless unless they, their numbers go up. Oh yeah. Need, so I thought you meant that if feminism, when started, was inclusive of all women, then it wouldn't have to be a white, black, or Latino, whatever. Feminist movement. Well, a, a little bit of that, uh, because at the end of the day, because uh, at the end of the day, I don't feel like black feminists really get the shine or the same platforms as uh, white feminists, and I always wondered why, especially when I see a lot of uh, sisters on the on the front, you know, really trying to uh, move some things. Nobody gives a shit about black women. Yeah, literally. Yeah, we, we talked about that with the uh, light myself on fire. We went through the history of of white feminists and their racist past, and we went through how they how they treated Ida B. Wells and and Sojourner Truth and all that stuff. And and it's a hot mess. I I agree one hundred percent on that part. And a lot of times, like you said, there isn't there. We have a black feminism because white feminists a lot of times are super duper selfish. And like you said, like with the women's March, the only reason they got the black women is because they knew we we bring the numbers. And so I agree. I agree that sometimes main, well, at least mainstream white feminists is very, very white and very, very uninclusive. So I can agree on that part. It's still piggybacking off of white supremacy. Yeah. Definitely. But I wouldn't say that like they're influencing us. Uh, I do want to say like, White feminism started because of black feminism. Like white feminism didn't it didn't start first. It was it was black feminism black feminism first. And then white women started going to meetings and things like that with black feminists and they were like, "Oh, you know what? We want to make our own meetings and we want to do our own stuff." And so then they started creating their own meetings and their own, you know, come-togethers and well, when they did, um basically white feminists started taking on their own type of or we, I should say we, started taking on our own type of quote-unquote feminism, which still plays into white supremacy. Like, at the end of the day, you guys are, like, 
Absolutely correct. That's true. Like that's completely something that well, happens all the time. Well, 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 let me backtrack with you real quick. Uh, are you sure black feminism started before white feminism? Yes, absolutely. Um, because you know, before feminists were feminists, they were abolitionists, right? You remember that? Not all of them. I wouldn't say not all of them. So, uh, okay, well, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> if that's how you feel, go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead. Yeah, come on. I think you might be mistaken, but let's move on. No, go ahead. Go no, ahead. we're listening. I'm not, I just, I just said it. I'm, no, I'm dead. so no, go on, go on, Darnell, go on. You you've been coming you've been correcting us all this time about feminism and women and all everything. So continue. We're listening. Nah, so you try, uh, so uh, what year did uh, black feminists start and when did uh, white feminists start? So I don't know years, um, but I was reading what is it? Everybody. Oh gosh. It, the bell yeah, the bell hooks book. Uh, Everybody is a feminist. Uh, she was talking about the original, like, feminism troops that had troops, quote-unquote. The feminism uh, groups that had came together. And originally, it had been people of color, queer women, and things like that. Um, and so then from there, white feminism or white people started coming to these meetings because they had went to college with it and they started having women's study groups and things like that. And because of the women's study groups, then white women were able to also join them on college campuses. And from there, um, white people started taking their own take on what feminism is. Talking about, I want to see how these black feminists, how we getting uh, infiltrated by these white feminists and how they telling us what to do. It's because, I just... I mean, no, how, are, how is KT telling me... How to be a feminist. I'm not. You correct me all the time. Sure do. <laughs> you tell me about my life all the time. Well, I mean, I don't. When we uh, talk about them being possible agents, are we uh, basically talking about rhetoric. Uh, and like you said, the, the white feminists have the numbers and all that. And also, a lot of liberals finance the, uh, the uh, Black Lives Matter movement uh, that that are financed by those three black women who are lesbians and yep and when we talk about who finances you and who who funds your movement, I, it's it's a possibility that you know hey you know if how how much speech can you have about black feminists or black issues when you have possible white liberals uh, backing like it's going to come up to a point to where they're going to c- control your speech, especially uh, uh, putting that much money into your movement. Okay. So you just, you just kind of have like a hypothesis that because the white liberals are funding them, you think that there will be limitations to their speech or there will be, uh, they will direct their speech in certain ways that, attack certain people that they want to attack i mean yes which which is very uh possible it, because just like uh an employee and a boss you you can't say uh t- too much craziness to your boss who gives you a paycheck okay 
And so you're saying that you think that these white liberals could be um, controlling these people, in, the black women and Black Lives Matter, to say negative things about black men. I mean, true. And also, uh, to my earlier point, uh, on some uh, white supremacist uh, web pages, they are encouraging you. Uh, they're encouraging people to make these uh, fake profiles go. Go see, uh, go uh, talk about black people and and all that behind the scenes and behind a, a kind of a mask. But you know, it's technology, and we still can figure it out. But we can't figure it out at face value. So when we get back to uh, the black voice being uh, being shut down, there's always been plenty of groups who wanted to shut it down. As soon as Black Lives Matters came. All our matters came, and mm-hmm. it's it's scary. It's scary. It's it's scary to me because I'm not saying all quote unquote white people are white supremacists, but if you are backing a black movement, I I'm curious if you're trying to help the movement or are you trying to silence it? Okay, I can see your uh, hesitation to it because of just of history. But as far as Black Lives Matter, I don't see Black Lives Matter as a particularly feminist organization. Most of the time when they're protesting, I mean, most of the folks being killed in the street are black men. There's some black women. But most of the time, they're actually protesting about black men in, that have been killed. So I don't see them influencing anything negative about black men because it's not really a feminist organization it's it's women started it but they don't necessarily tout it as like feminism i mean true but at the same time uh when we talk about uh you know uh black women getting their voice and all that it's it's just uh it just it's just scary to me that you know Black women are doing all these dope things behind the scenes, but it's it's rare if we ever hear their names. Rare if it if it ever gets out. So if it's that rare for us to see some of these uh, soldiers on the battlefield working for us, it's kind of even harder for me to believe that the known media will give them a platform to speak out and and have their agendas pushed up or pushed pushed out there. I think that's. I think that was kind of part of the reason that they. I don't know if they wanted to or sought out those big liberal high people, but I think that was. If they did, that would be one of the reasons that they did it to kind of give legitimacy to the cause. Because if it's just a bunch of black queer women, like you said, we ain't finna get hurt. Like they gon' they we might be like a little ticker thing on the bottom, but because they had backings and they were able to speak with Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders and. They've, they've been able to get on CNN. They've been able to get on Fox News and MSNBC to get the message out. And like I said, I don't see their message as anything that's just divisive in the community. They're not really saying nothing except for uh, we don't want to be killed in these streets. Now, if you were talking about something that was like specifically black feminist, that like a whole bunch of white women were funding, then maybe you, I, I maybe see where you were coming from. But, but I just think we should come together and be more inclusive of each other. I understand. Oh I know, I know, I know. Oh my Lord, no, God, no, God. I hate it when they do that. Oh. No, but I just think that if we were more helpful of other people, then people would be helpful of us. And when we see a cause, like the, it's the same point I was making about 
uh, we had a conversation about how nobody else but black people mainly participate in the Black Lives Matter movement. But I said, if we made it, um, if we took up for uh, a Latino person that was killed or a whoever that was killed that is not of a predominant race, then I would feel like minorities could come together more. But whatever. It's the same thing with feminism. If we all took up for one another, regardless of whether you're white, black, Puerto Rican, Haitian, if you see a woman that is wrong, then yeah, something should be done about it. If we can't even, like, like me for myself, like as a white person, if white people can't even, like, take a second to even look at the queer people in the community, like in the in the LGBT community at all. So like, even if we even tried to come together, it's not going to happen. That's not something that's ever going to happen. So Why? we have to find a, a way around it. You got to find something as opposed to, oh, Lord, help me. Everybody come together and get together and do all this together because teach. not everybody oh, is not everybody oh, is checking for everybody me. else let me tell you because even like the way white supremacy is set up they've got it where it's never gonna work that way ever so we just gotta find a way to dismantle it and then you, come together that way like that that's you what can't i'm saying work around it yes i'm just saying that the hope for working together <laughs> should be there well, I, I, Why are you I'm, guys laughing at me? No, too? I'm not laughing. I'm not. I'm laughing at KT. Yeah, uh, Cameron, Donnell, do y'all have something to add before I? Before you roast me? <laughs> not even roast you. <laughs> Kim, Donnell, do you think that every, all the races can come together in, in holy matrimony? And not races. I, we were talking about feminism. Yes, and all I the races think. and feminism. You, yeah. You know. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, we 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 don't have we don't have to come together. We just uh in our own groups, we need to uh get more organizations, get a code, and stick within our own communities. It's, it's been done before; it, it can be done again. The Jewish community is very great at that. The Hispanic uh, community is uh, pretty good at that because they're soon uh, in the next twenty years will be the majority in America. So, I mean, people have done it, but have people uh, been on one accord? No. I, I just don't see that happening. But if people uh, stick to a code, stick to their community, and build something from within that community, it's doable. Okay. Okay. Kim, you got something? Uh, I I was the first one to say no out of me and Darnell. Oh. Okay. I feel like that's not that's not gonna happen because not all that of us, it can't happen. Just all have of hope. Us have- no, all of us have our own. All of us have our own agendas. We have our own things we're trying to accomplish, and we're not going to put somebody else in front of ours. It's just not human nature. Yeah, and then racism so you don't is think, such if, a, Go ahead. You don't. You guys don't think if a white, black, uh, a Latino, all feminists got together and said, "Hey, we need to. We need to get this settled." We need to get this. That each one has their own separate thing, but they all work together to accomplish those things. Yeah, I think like on an individual basis, like you, yeah, you can get a group of, I mean, of women that want to do something. But as far as trying to get like the totality of communities, like we got stuff going on. Like y'all heard, like I have my 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 views on 
immigration and illegal immigration and if a a hispanic feminist come to me she'll be like okay we can't agree on this so this ain't gonna work and black people might have their own deal where they like okay black women we need to uh try to get try to get our pay higher because we're not getting paid enough and the white woman will be like well i'm doing it too but you know but we're not getting paid the same we're getting paid less than the white woman's yeah, I'm not, I, I know the world doesn't work like this. I'm not saying that it, it can. I'm just saying if we as people put aside our own egos, it could work like that because it yeah. just it's all this extra fighting, all this when she did this and she did this or he did this. It's not that important as getting across well, your goals. Well, I, I agree with you, Joy, and I really wish... Uh, your way of thinking was the way, but at the end of the day, uh, it, uh, like Kim and everybody else said, everybody has different agendas. That's why I said, if all these groups uh, come together, get a code, come up with their own programs, and push laws uh, from their own uh, camp, that will work. Because uh, especially, especially even though white women are marginalized, I don't. I what or or. You know they have their problems. They're not getting equal pay and all that. I just, I just don't, I just don't see them reaching out to other uh, communities to do full fledged movements as a unit with all those. I, I just don't see it. Yeah, they're not gonna do the work for us. But I think that's the important. Like, Joy, something can happen. Like that's why we have allies and stuff like that. They might not be that's all the saying. way. They might not be all the way in there doing everything. But white women, they do have. They do have power. They do. They got a little bit of power. So if you needed to access certain areas, and if you needed to get in contact with certain people, you might hit up a white lady. Hey, do you know so and so, so and so? Can you get me in this town hall? Can you get me to meet with this government? Everybody has their little ways they can help each other out. But as far as just everybody coming together to work for feminism, it's it's too much. But you are. If you're helping somebody out, that's coming together. It don't have to be. The version of you got what you guys think of coming together. It don't have to be everybody working towards the same goal. It just have to. It just has to be. Hey, if I'm white and, and a black a Latino person came to me and said, "Hey, uh, we're really trying to pass this law to make Latino women less uh, sexualized or whatever." Um, do you think you know somebody who can help us? Like, well, I think I'm gonna write down a number and give it to her, and I just helped her movement. Well, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with that too, but at the same time, I feel like that's more of white people's responsibility because if you are in the optimal position and you know that there are other women who do not have the same access as you, you should be trying to see what you can do to help, in my opinion. I shouldn't have to be begging you to help me get my stuff done. Yep. Yeah, but that's yeah, that's that's too much that's too much light right, but I gotta Agree with uh, Kemp because uh, I made this analogy about why the government will never treat uh, treat everybody good. Is I mean, if you had the power, what 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 besides force is going to make you relinquish some or help certain groups? And I just I just don't see it. Can the black community come together and get something done uh, as far as uh, relationships between the genders? Do you think black people can come together? Like we said, all the races ain't finna come together. But do you think the genders can come together and for the sake of just stopping sexism and misogyny and all the other crap that goes on in the black community? 
mean, um, I mean, I, yeah. I think that I think that it's a long shot, but I think what has to happen is there needs to be a critical analysis of where all of our issues are coming from, because a good portion of them, as far as the way that men treat women um, or the way that women are reacting, what we're reacting to, a lot of it stems from anti-blackness and that stems from white supremacy Mm -hmm. and it's trickling down. So I think that if we, if there's um, a shift in the, the, critical thought of black people all together, then yeah, we could work together. But at the same time, think about how much education that takes and think about how big of a movement that would have to be in order for us to be able to be on one accord. I mean, yeah. I mean, true. It, true. And the only reason I think it can happen is because we're, um, uh, we're a group that has always been marginalized and oppressed. Uh, so, I feel like sooner than later we will have have to have a coming to Jesus moment to uh you know talk about our toxic nature where it stems from and come to a solution because one thing I'm I'm proud of the black community about is we're we're talking about white supremacy more we're talking about mental health more we're talking more about uh toxic uh toxic nature from men and women so we're really starting to uh have a a small awakening of uh, problems that we used to sweep under the rug. Some still are, but I feel like uh, we're doing better. But what it is is a shouting match. It's not we're listening to each other. It's let me tell you why you wrong. And the other one, let me tell you why you wrong. It's not us two trying to get to a solution. And that's and that was another reason why uh, I, I wanted to have this show called Talking Greasy because uh, I always respected uh, what uh, my uh, former co-hosts, uh, Ren and Kim, always had to say. And I felt like it wasn't a, a platform for uh, smart women like this to be heard. So uh, and from the beginning of the show till now, uh, I can uh, justifiably say my whole mindset about women and uh, my own toxic natures and all that has changed. Thanks to uh, Kimberly and a, a lot of other uh, female guests we had on the show. That sounds good. Um, can I ask you one thing? So you're I saying think that's really good. You said that uh, now we're starting to have these conversations. Would you attribute that to social media? Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't one hundred percent say it to social media. I just feel like we're in a we're in a different uh, information age. Where uh, where everything's accessible, and you know, people are not maybe not majority, but a lot of us are starting to look on the inside and see what's going on in the world, government, ourselves, our family, our health, our love life, and it's uh, awakening. It's giving us a lot of questions, and I'm trying to find a bunch of answers that we we never really thought about. Uh, I would attribute largely to social media and to the um the black women writers who have been um joining black publications and uh largely white publications you said we can talk about these issues at the cookout okay we can talk to our uncle uncle paul and them about it but i still think unless somebody makes a black facebook 
Like, the only way we gonna get this information out is if we talk about it on social media. Because I don't know where there's a, uh, there's just a black folks space where we can just talk about this unless you make a Facebook group and put all the black folks in it. Some of this stuff, you just gotta talk about it on social media. Like, I learned all my, I unlearned all my anti-blackness and classism. I learned all that, unlearned all that from Tumblr. And it was, I was with black folks and white folks. But we, we were able to talk about that stuff. I unlearned all that homophobic stuff I had inside of me from social media, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. So, like I said, I think it is, it's, it's a shame we don't have our own space where we can talk about this stuff. But sometimes you just going to have to talk about it and not worry about what the white folks say because we got we to gotta make a change. Uh, it's not about worrying what white folks say. I mean, just like you have a platform right here, all you have to do is say, "Hey, uh, Talk It Out Podcast has a has an open forum. Uh, you can call this line. Let's talk it out. Or you can, or you can have a event, almost like a town hall meeting, where you have a small get together, invite your community, have these tough conversations, and boom. I mean, it's. I mean, this is the information." A highway where all you gotta do is uh it's so easy to set up a party set up a meeting uh find other people uh to speak with in person and uh you know uh, test your beliefs and see if they're actually uh good outside uh good in the real world or if they're still up to date so i mean that's that's i mean i if you want to talk about it on the internet cool but understand everybody's watching and me personally uh if i'm if if I could have a small little series where we could talk it out and have these tough talk uh, topics in person, I mean, I would definitely uh, uh, do it. Fly out to Memphis. Let's go. Talk the grease out loud. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we are able to have this platform because of social media. Like, we're able to have people call into us or have someone uh, find a party, or invite someone to a gathering because of social media. Like, without social media, what are we going to do? We're going to send them a snail mail and be like, hey, come to our party? Like, Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's true. That's true. But at the same time, there are some things that are not for everybody else's consumption. Indeed. So what what I will say is not I'm not saying that every single thing that happens within the black community has to be relegated just to us. And I'm a firm believer that if someone is, is doing something for you that you don't appreciate and they made that a public issue, then you have a right to reply in a public in a public way. But at the same time, you have to know that there are also ramifications to everything that you do. All the things that we put out on the internet, those are things that we're going to have to answer for. And then also uh, with social media, there's there's plenty of groups as we speak uh, uh, for black people traveling, black podcasters, what, whatever it is you're into, you name it. There's a there's a small section where you can go go into your group, have these tough conversations, and all that. So again, it it can be on these social medias. It can be on the internet but there there is ways to channel your audience and most and i'm not against having the, having these tough talks but also we do have to be mindful that everybody has an eye and and that could what you say can and will be used against you 
Now, one thing that I will say is um, we have lots of black publications and I and I would encourage people who want to have these sorts of discussions to look to a lot of those because you'll find a lot of the conversations that we're talking about in those publications. And also, I think that we should be challenging our black channels a lot more to have content that reflects the things that we deal with, mm-hmm. for instance, BET or TV One, um, any of these channels that claim to be for black people that we we demand that they're giving us content that reflects what we're dealing with because that is another outlet for us to get information. It should be an outlet for us to get information, but is it always? It's not. Yeah, it's not. I agree. Well, I was going to, I'm going to segue, segue for one quick second. Cause we're talking about black feminism and what can be done. I'm going to segue onto this, this man that's, um, he released a video it's today. Not- uh donald glover and um everybody's been heralding it because it has some uh commentary on um black bodies and the way that our violence is being consumed and the way that you Mm -hmm. know black folks are getting killed willy-nilly and folks still dancing and black folks still have to dance and stuff like that and so that's all fine and dandy of course i'm all for you know artists using their platform to speak about real issues. But mm-hmm. I just want to get on Donald Glover real quick because this man is alive. So people are <laughs> calling him this old pro-black woke bay, all this, all this stuff. When mm-hmm. this man has literally built his career off of making fun of poor black folks, fetishizing Asian women, uh, Saying that he he was coming off this girl calling him nigga in the bedroom, like saying all this terrible stuff, being pretty much the the white man with the black face guy, and now because he releases a video talking about black on black crime or not black on black crime but black violence something like that, he's already heralded as like the the Moses of the community. So I just want to talk about that, like. This man is alive. We can go back and see what he said. We can look at Atlanta this season and look at the way black women are being portrayed. Look at the look at the episode where um, the black dude had a white girl and the black woman was like, uh, 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 you know, the stereotype. We can look at that. Why do sometimes we give these folks pass passes to become woke bay when their politics do not align with black people or specifically black? Um. I guess I'm not really aware of what he's done that has been anti-black up until this point. Uh, I didn't see the episode of Atlanta you were talking about. I think I stopped at the episode where I think he was trying to be Michael Jackson. I don't know what the fuck that was. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But um, yeah, what can you kind of give me some insight on what he's said or done? quickly for you guys and i will give i'll put the link in the description uh okay if i am i remember on tumblr there was this this website called your fave is problematic and they pretty much listed everything with links and sources kt gonna find it but i'll find um i'll give y'all a gist of, of what's going on okay let's go here okay Okay, 
Further investigation on Donald Glover led me to him being called out for fetishizing Asian women, a heavy use of homophobic, homophobic slurs in his lyrics and his stand-up comedy in which he compares having kids to AIDS, makes confusing compliment insults jabs at black women, and says being called nigger by an Armenian girl made him have an intense orgasm. Um, there's also stuff where he uh, joked about rape, raping somebody, and he said... More. Okay, go read the whole thing. Okay, so um, he's made, like, multiple, multiple ma- rape jokes. Like, there's plenty of rape jokes that he's made. Um, says the F word, <laughs> which is a huge slur. Um, definitely not allowed to say that. Uh, internalized racism. I was having sex with this girl, and we were towards the end, and she goes, F me hard, says the N word. And I stopped, look at her right in the eye, and I came harder than I ever came before. It was awesome. Um, Literally, it's just, it goes on and on and on. Like, it's so much with links and everything. So we'll, we'll give you links. But mainly, and then also the way that black women are, are portrayed in Atlanta. Like, his, his, his interest, of course, she's kind of like, oh, she's cool or whatever. But look at the other ones, the way they're portrayed. Look at the one in the in the episode with the interracial dating. What do y'all think? Well, well, first thing first, to anybody listening, let's add context to that. Half of what you just said is from a comedy stand-up, which, hey, I'm not a comedian. So when it comes to comedians, they have full right to use every slur, every taboo uh, topic. Uh, uh, yeah. And then when we talk... And when we're talking about Atlanta, we're talking about uh, a story about a, a problematic black man and some of his traits. And then we're talking about black women uh, dealing uh, dealing with it and uh, uh, dealing with uh, him and uh, just some of the fun, uh, good and bad uh, of nature of some of the black people that happens in Atlanta. Some of the uh, mansion parties, some of the disrespect towards women, some episodes where uh, Paperboy gets robbed. Where uh, an episode where they uh, talked uh, talked about uh, transphobic nature, and you know th- it's a it is a wacky show that is random, but sticks to the traits of the characters they're trying to either demon- uh, demonize or highlight. I also want to speak to the way that black women are portrayed in Atlanta. Um, I didn't see the episode where the black woman was talking about whoever that was dating a white woman um, and how I guess she had an attitude. I guess that was the the consensus that everybody came to. She had a bad attitude or something like that. But at the same time, what I, I don't want to do is get into the, the habit of feeling like when someone black puts out something that they are, it's their responsibility to paint black people as angels because we know black people who don't like interracial dating we also know black people like the one black women like the girl in the helen episode where she only dates white men we know black women who are like that but we also know women like hold on we also know women like the one that she uh the one that he is fucking over basically and is not deciding to be in a, a serious relationship with who and I feel like they've given her a lot of nuance. I don't feel like she's a flat character or that she's 
maybe she hasn't given haven't been, hasn't been given enough nuance, but she's been given enough to where we can't make her seem like she's a trope. Mm-hmm. It's not the typical baby mama trope that you would assume that she would find in a black show. So I feel like I don't think it's his responsibility to make sure every black woman is painted as an angel, just like he hasn't painted every black man in that show as an angel either. Surely hasn't, because his character that he plays is more fucked up than most. Uh, He's a bomb. <laughs> Let's just yeah. And I want to add that if we go back sure, to this man. conversation about putting certain things out here for people to consume, we know Atlanta is not a black show. White people watch Atlanta, right? And so if we're saying that certain things don't need to be to, don't need to be seen by the masses, you know, so we can't talk about certain people's. Um, they're disdaining for black women and stuff like that. But we can create an episode in which the stereotype that black women are just hating on black men because they're dating white women. And it has nothing to do with anything historical, has nothing to do with all oh, the way that black women have been portrayed in the media, the way that a lot of black men feel like a white woman is an upgrade. We don't talk about any of that. We're just allowed to throw the stereotype out there for S's and giggles. Uh, to the amusement of white and black people uh, and we can't we can't call that out like can we be able to call that out i feel like if you are if you do have a space where you are catering to a diverse audience you can't just put stuff out there like that you can you can't just do that because then it's just gonna be like anytime a black woman says something about all these black men dating these white women is just gonna be oh they just bitter they just mad because they didn't get chosen they ugly and they this and they that like I feel like you have you have a little bit of responsibility. Like you ain't gotta do a whole uh, sociology of African American studies one on one, but please give give us some context of, of what's going on. Okay, the problem is not with Donald Glover. The problem is that we do not have the agents. We do we do not have enough black creators who are making a variety of content. He can make what he wants to make. I feel like. If anyone is gonna look at a TV show that is heavily, it is satire. At the end of the day, if anybody's looking, look, gonna look at satire and say, "Oh, well, that's what y'all do," they're a fucking idiot. Like there, that's there's no if, ands, or buts about it. But if someone does comment on someone who was killed by the police and makes a statement, you have a right to be like, "Okay, well, I've seen several of these tweets. I wonder if this is the way that people generally feel." Yeah, and also when it comes to uh, writing and s- satire or or comedy or whatever, you have free range to uh, uh, tell these stories in these tough topics. So what's the truth, Darnell? Are we not supposed to have conversations like this out in the open, out in public media, on Fox News, or is it supposed to be only at cookouts? Because I'm confused. Because you're saying both okay, things. Okay, well, 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 let me well let me clear it up. If we're talking about TV. Comedy, satire, and all that. Enjoy. And we're talking about the news, facts, social media, out in the public, going to be on the internet forever. Be weary. This is going to be on the internet forever. And a okay. lot of times, like white, there's 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 certain white people that have never met a black person in their life. They don't know nothing about black people. So while you say, "Oh, satire," like okay, black folks know it's satire, but these white folks do not know. No. These they, a lot of for a lot of white people, the media is how they how they learn about black people. 
That is it. That's the only black person they're going to see. Even, even like, even in my own, like, whenever, like, where I came from, there was, like, one black person in in the entire community of where I lived. So there's literally white people all over who have no idea what black people are. Like, that literally, that's how they speak. And they'll say things that's just absolutely awful. And so then when they're going past you know, Fox, looking for their Fox News, looking for their Donald Trump, then, um, and they find Atlanta on there, they're gonna think, oh, well, this is how black people are. Because I can, I can attest, I'm more than 100% sure if my mom, racist, white, Christian, evangelical Christian, watched that show, she would think, oh, you know, that really makes sense because that's pretty much how black people are. Like, it doesn't look like satire to them. It doesn't, like, to to white people, it's not satire. That's how they're actually well, seeing it. Well, well, I'm going to say this real quick because Kim got some dope shit to say. Uh, first thing first. <laughs> first thing first. Uh, if those people are looking at a television and using that as their scope for, instead of talking to people of color, they're, they're already they're already lost. Because if you sitting up here using the news to judge a whole race of people you've yeah. never met, yeah. Yeah, uh, you're, you're, you're looking, you're already looking to demonize that group. Kim? Um, and I also, I also want to say that we're damned if we do and we're damned if we don't. So I don't feel like me and Darnell should be the hard rule for how you should move about as a black person. And I also don't want to get to the point where policing black people and the way that they are entertained, because it's enough to be a black person in this country. And to top it off, policing black people who are trying to create something for uh, something for black people to, to enjoy. I feel like that's kind of. I'm not going to get into none of that. What I will say is there are varying levels of severity to the different things that we say. When you're talking about somebody who has been killed at the hands of police and you're digging into his past three, four years, that is problematic. If we're talking about somebody who has done something recently, who was alive and they did that in the open form. Okay. We were responding in open form, but even if you do that, you have to know that there could be repercussions to you doing that. That's all we're saying. Not that I'm not saying that you can't do it in an open way. Arnell's saying that maybe you should do it in a private way. I'm saying if you do do it in an open form, be cautious of what comes with that. Okay. I, I can, I can agree with that. And, and I'm saying that talking about podcasts is, is entertainment sometimes as well so we don't we don't have these conversations out in the open and uh let it do what it do joy you got something to say joy's internet is out oh no she dropped off for a while ago (laughs) (laughs) no wonder guys thank you guys so much for coming on we're gonna have to do a part two because there's just so much we gotta talk about talk the grace out make sure y'all check them out can y'all please plug uh where that people can find you and listen to you and all that good stuff please uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, Speaker, and TuneIn. Also, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Talking Greasy. Talking Greasy. Oh, I'm personally. Oh, he told me to plug mine too. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm at K Diggs on Twitter. I'm um, at Whitney Scruston on Instagram and at um, Okra Dash Winfrey on Snapchat. Ain't you a right king? You done already plugged that once. I'm not doing it again. Well, but thanks. <laughs> Darn hey, plug you- yourself.
Hey, if you need uh, graphics or wow. freelance writing, hit up Kim at Contently You on Instagram. <laughs> hit her up. But hey, but hey, you, uh, it's your boy Darnell. Hit me up on Darnell Does It on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. And if you uh, like to be a guest on the show, hit us up at talkinggreasy at gmail.com. Also, if you got any comments uh, that you want to send us personally, hit us up at 469. 469- Four five four eighty two thirty one. Oh yeah, so yeah, check them out. Tell them that we sent you. Like them, subscribe, follow them, all that good stuff. Great podcast. Thank you. So we got on Facebook too. Facebook.com slash talk it out podcast. Instagram at talk it out podcast. Twitter at talk it out underscore pot. Pad and tampon drive. PayPal.me slash talk it out cash app at dollar sign talk it out podcast. All proceeds go to homeless people in Memphis, Tennessee. So um, that's pretty much it. Joy is not here, so we'll say bye to her on the phone. And um, that's been it. This has been your girl, Gabby. And Katie. And this has been Talk It Out Podcast. Talk, talk, it, out, talk it out, talk it out. We out. <laughs>